There you go, and welcome to Resistance Radio with John and Regan, although not today. Um, as if I need to explain why we're Resistance Radio, Regan can't join us today because she is down in Washington uh, protesting Line 3, which is one of Enbridge's pipelines that uh, stand to really adversely affect Native territory. And in the process of being down in D.C., um, Yes, she got arrested, <laughs> and so she's uh, she's going through like her pretrial stuff. So uh, it was my plan that Regan was going to join us, and she was going to we were going to do a complete show on on Line Three uh, up in Minnesota, as if there's not enough happening up there. Um, but that's not what we're going to have here, and I don't want to. Um, I don't even want to try to cover the subject because I know Regan is all over it. So we'll wait until Regan can join us to to talk more about Line Three, what the resistance is all about, how it's shaping up. Um, what you're not catching in the news. Obviously, if Jane Fonda gets arrested, you hear about it, but uh, uh, you're only going to hear about Regan getting arrested if I tell you. So, uh, so anyway, um, we'll, we will do a show on Line 3. And But again, Regan is in Washington, D.C. Uh, over these next few days uh, protesting, calling upon Joe Biden to not just do lip service, but to do more than that, to, to step up and... Uh, and 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 shut down these uh, you know Dakota Access Pipeline all of this shut it all down and stop this oil extraction and oil distribution uh, infrastructure that uh, that always invariably um, ends up uh, impacting Native people more than anybody else so uh, so that's what what's going on um, now if you happen to be listening on WBAI yesterday morning during uh, Michael G Haskins Living for the City. You actually got a full hour of, of Regan and I on uh, with my, with Michael G. He was wrapping up the final day of um, uh, Women's History Month by dedicating uh, his entire program towards missing and murdered Indigenous women. So I encourage you, if you want to go to the WBAI archives and uh, check out uh, Michael G's show from uh, from yesterday, I encourage you to do that. So what you got left is me. Uh, so before I get too far, first I want to, again, welcome both the WBAI listening audience in New York City and the WPFW listening audience in Washington, D.C. I want to remind you that we are listener-supported radio, and we do rely uh, almost completely on your generosity, on your donation, on your support. Because we're not asking you to give us something for nothing. We're trying to give you programming back in return. So, again, if you are listening on WBAI, um, again, program note, as Reggie mentioned, uh, new pledge line is 212-209-2950. You can go online to give to WBAI.org and make a donation of any any size. Do it in the name of the show, and you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll love you forever. So um, uh, if you're in Washington, D.C., listening on WPFW, uh, that line to call to make a donation is 202-588-9739. And uh, make, make a pledge, do it in the name of the show. We'd greatly appreciate it. You can go online there at wpfwfm.org and follow the prompts to make a donation. Uh, if, you're in w, uh, or if you're in Washington and you follow and you go online to wpfwfm.org, you may have to uh, click the John Kane show uh, as far as the if you want to make a donation in the name of this program. So um, they may not have it listed as resistance radio. I'm not sure. I know they didn't before, but they may, may by now. 
Okay. Um, I do want to say that this show is put up as a podcast. Uh, if you search Resistance Radio with John and Regan podcast, you will find it. Uh, we're on all the major platforms uh, and some really good shows that are on there. And, of course, I do my other podcast, which is Let's Talk Native, and you can find that also by searching Let's Talk Native with John Kane podcast. Um, some some great stuff on, on both pro- both programs. And, uh, and of course, it's it's always great to have, uh, have Regan join us, and unfortunately, we don't have her this week. Um, so a uh, couple of things. One of the things that I figured I would talk about today is something that I probably talked about several times on the program. I know I've had Donna Van Boyle join me from time to time, uh, and she's, you know, she's been really active in the mascot issue. Um, but it's, it's also an issue that I've picked up, and, and I've been doing it for a number of years. I've been front and center on some of these battles in, in, you know, in, in my neck of the woods. I am broadcasting, as many of you know, from the Seneca, Seneca Territory of Cattaraugus, uh, which is located uh, just south of Buffalo, New York. Um, so I've been involved in some of the, the the schools that have been battling with this notion of native mascots. Uh, I, I helped in a big way uh, with Lancaster High School, which is a, a suburb of Buffalo, uh, to change its name from they were the Redskins and now they are the Legends, the Lancaster Legends. Uh, and I'm currently involved in the battle with my own high school. And... I graduated from Cambridge Central School in uh, in New York, out near Saratoga, you know, capital district area, upstate New York, um, and they uh, have been the Cambridge Indians for you know 70 or 80, maybe 90 years. I don't even know how long. Um, I graduated back in uh, in 1978, and I got to tell you, back then the mascot wasn't that big a deal. Um, I I was never crazy about it. I was the only Native family that uh, you know in the school at the time, and. But I've I've never. This is the first time that I've really circled back. And for those of you listening, you know that I have gone out to um, Cambridge, which is the other side of the state from where I'm from where I'm living now. So it's 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 a five and a half hour drive. But I've gone out twice and spoken at board meetings. And what I wanted to talk about today was what what are some of the arguments that get made, you know, by the other side? Because unfortunately. In, in much the same way as black people have to deal with their own Candace Owens, we have a few native people that uh, that weigh in on this, and and they invariably say you know all of the same you know things that that the non-native people say about having these mascots, and in fact they actually feed them some of this stuff. One one of the current um, uh, things that that these schools are attempting to do is redefine what a mascot is. So what well, their argument is, well, we don't dress anybody up in, in a, a, a native costume, you know, one of those big heads or anything like that. We, we don't do the, that kind of buffoonery. So that's what a mascot is. And, and, and of course, them trying to redefine the mascot, which is to, to say, oh, we don't have mascots. We just have a name and we have a logo. Well, I'm sorry, but the name and the logo, that is the mascot issue. The mascot isn't just a buffoon. It isn't just a dressed up character running around. That's not the 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 single definition of a mascot. It's it's the idea of of using an image or or sometimes a person or a character. But if you're using that image even in a logo, that's still what the mascot is. But that's that's one of the arguments they try to do. Um, and and we, and now what's happened with a lot of these schools is they're saying, well, what if we teach more native history? And and I you know like I posted a meme this week uh, on Facebook and on Instagram and I think on Twitter that says, look, if if you are now suggesting or offering 
to teach native history only to justify having a native mascot? That's not fixing the problem. That's extending the problem. That's you're trying to use this as a as some sort of excuse to keep the mascot. The fact that you've had these these native mascots for 70 or 80 years. I mean, and and now you're saying um, we'll we'll teach now. You didn't teach for all those years. In fact, most of these schools, and and I'll I'll speak of my own alma mater, Cambridge. They don't even when they call themselves the Cambridge Indians, they don't even know what Indians they're claiming to be. You know, not, not that I'm crazy about that word, and I'll talk about that too, but they don't even know what native people they're claiming to be uh, for, the, for this mascot. Are they, are they Mohican? Are they Mohican? Are they uh, Mohawks? Are they uh, you know, Huron? They don't even know. In fact, they don't go that far. Why? Because they don't care. So when we get into this whole debate about, uh, about them honoring us, no, they aren't. None of, none of this mascot issue is about native people. It's taking from us. It, first off, in order to for white people, and and, I, and I'm sorry, folks, but that's what it is. It's predominantly white folks that make these decisions to appropriate native culture, and we are the only people that, that they do this to. There's no other race of people that are used um, for for mascots. We're the only ones. I mean, they don't do they don't do it to Jewish people. They don't do it to black people. They don't do it to you know to Latino. They used to do it a little bit to, to Arab people. There used to be things like. Oh, I, I remember there used to be some of these Mideast references, you know, and I can't think, think of any off the, off the top of my head, but, uh, you know. Like Aladdin? Kind of like the shrine. What's that? Like Aladdin? Well, not just Aladdin. I mean, uh, I don't know, you know, sheiks or something like that. They used to, anyway, they used to use these, these Arab knights and that kind of stuff. Oh, like Lawrence of Arabia and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. So they used to to do this back then, but they don't even do that anymore because why? Because let's face it, America's got a hate on, uh, on Middle Eastern people. So, but, but they're still to this day, almost 2000 schools, high schools, grade schools in the United States that use some form of native mass uh, mascot image for their, uh, you know, for their, for their nickname, for their logo, for the mascot. Um, and again, we're the only ones. The closest thing I can come up with, you know, to compare to white people using native people for mascots is blackface. I, I mean, I don't know, Reg, can, can, I mean, can you think of anything else that, that would even come close to comparing to what white people do to, to imitate or make a mockery of another culture other than blackface? Uh... Outside of clothes appropriation, like you were saying, maybe with with uh, when um, uh, with uh, Japanese wearing komodos and stuff like that, but I, I guess that wouldn't be the equivalent of yeah, that that's not either. Right, trying to take on the entire character. That yeah, thing. and there's a lot of there's a lot of cultural appropriation, everything from music to style. You know, you know. Um, but I I, I, I can't really yeah. think of anything that egregious as those things that you have just mentioned. And of course, blackface is no more, right? It's no longer allowed. Although it keeps creeping up. In it so keeps many creeping history, up, so. but it's seriously frowned <laughs> yeah. upon. Justin Trudeau, I think, got busted, uh, Prime Minister of Canada, for having some old pics of him in blackface. Wasn't it the governor of uh, Virginia? Yes, or, yes, yeah, yes, so, uh, yes. Yeah, a few other people, you know, you know, again, 
something about white people feeling that they've got to like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you, you, I play dress up, I guess. And, and, and then of course, blackface was, was a real deal. I mean, it was, it was a major form of entertainment. I mean, Al Jolson at one time was considered the, the, the number one entertainer in the United States. And, and of course his, his shtick was, uh, was, was exaggerated blackface, um, and, and, and singing, uh, and, and trying to appropriate, you know, some level of, you know, um, a black singing style as well. But of course that's frowned upon. And, and most people, when, they, when these images show up, it is a major problem for them. And there's a lot of damage control, but nobody needs any damage control when it comes to, you know, to throwing a headdress on and going in red face, black face, bad, red face, eh, not so bad. And, and, and that's the way, that's, that's the way this goes. But, you know, I think it's important that, you know, look, I'm not just fighting my old high school. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I did a Zoom conference with a the committee, the mascot committee out in Manuka High School in Illinois. I've you know I've been helping to supply documents to Millis, Massachusetts, uh, who they call themselves the Millis Mohawks. Um, uh, my friend Donovan Boyle down in Langhorne, Pennsylvania, battling the Chamonix High School. I mean, look, there are states that all over the United States that do this, but I will say. Regardless of the the spread in terms of you know, where these things show up, when it comes down to fighting this thing, it turns into a left versus right thing. And, you know, and, and the right wingers are are always going to say this is about cancel culture and you know, political correctness run amok. They won't own any of it. Instead, they'll try to change the argument. I mean, one of the arguments that 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 is being said, and this is a one one that some of the native people who support mascots say, well, if you eliminate the mascots, we won't exist at all. It's like our only relevance in there, the only significant role that we can play is is for entertainment for white people. So mascots, I mean, they, I've literally heard a few native people. There's a whole organization. I say whole. It's not a big organization. There's an organization of a bunch of um people some of them native they call themselves the native american guardians association they literally are trying to make the argument that eliminating mascots is erasure i mean so they're trying to say that native people are being erased if mascots are erased and of course th that's exactly wrong i mean it's the mascots themselves that are the erasure and if you don't understand that let me let me explain in order for white people you know, or non-native people in general, to adopt a native mascot, they have to pretend that the real history doesn't exist. They've got to pretend that we weren't being massacred, that we weren't being raped, that we weren't being enslaved, that we weren't being, you know, forced off of our lands, that we weren't being mistreated, you know, by, by not just by colonization, not just by governments, but by the, by the broad-based population around us. The very people who want to see you know, claim pride in the in their community in their town want to pretend that our displacement our removal from there was somehow what amicable that we just said oh here you white people need a place to stay let us just move you know 2000 miles away <laughs> you know so they got to ignore all that stuff because the the fact of the matter is native people were regarded as as a pestilence we were regarded as as you know as something that needed to be exterminated I mean, we were we, uh, scalping. The, the origins of the word redskin come from our bloody scalps being taken and turned in for bounties. 
that's what a red skin was worth. It was worth whatever that the going rate for. And of course, there was different rates for uh, a red skin from a native man versus a native woman or a native child. And yes, they did take scalps from women and children. So this is the his that's the real history. This is a history of of extermination, of genocide. But, but see, you have to ignore all of it because who the hell is going to want to, you know, claim a people who their own ancestors were were involved with, with a genocide against for a mascot? So instead, you say, oh no, they were noble. Well, we respect. Oh, native people, they taught us to grow corn. Yeah, that's what they said. They, native, yeah, native people were good to us, and we were good to them. We we had a first Thanksgiving together. Happy little pilgrims and happy little Indians. And of course, none of that stuff is true. I mean, George Washington literally recommended the use of terrorism against the Senecas in his Sullivan campaigns. He he what he said is they need to know the level of they, they need to we need to have like terror on they need to know the terror of their chastisement why because he wanted to leave an impression that when you when you committed atrocities against the people that it would have that it would leave intergenerational trauma i mean it wasn't just enough to to drive a people out or, or kill some people he wanted to leave an, an imprint george washington he recommended the use of terrorism uh, you know, not as a, as a general. I mean, I'm sure as a general too, but as the president, first president of the United States. I mean, now Thomas Jefferson, he, he wrote in the, uh, he referred to us as merciless Indian savages in the Declaration of Independence. Yeah, that's how he referred to us. Uh, and then went on to say, we need to cultivate their love. We need to make them love us. We don't have to love them, but we need to make them love us because that's the way we're going to dispossess them of their, of their lands. I mean, he, he actually recommended that um, trading posts lower their prices to the bare minimum and offer extended lines of credit to native people. You know, when they set up these trading posts to, you know, to, to grab some of the money back that native people were getting for the lands that they were being screwed out of. Uh, what, he, what he said is run them into debt, a debt that they can't pay, and then they'll pay us with more of their land. That was Thomas Jefferson's idea. So, so this is this is the relationship historically. So, what what people have to do now to to somehow glorify Native people, do as as Al Frank Al Frank Baum suggested, the author, writer of the Wonderful Wizard of Oz, let's forget the miserable wretches that they are, and we'll speak in later ages of the grand kings of the forest and the plain. Yeah, that's that's what Al Frank Baum suggested. So that's what they do. They ignore all of the how they viewed us really and how they treated us they, they'll pretend none of that they'll erase that part of the history and then they'll say oh yeah no we, we had a we had a great relationship with native people they taught us to grow corn they they gave us a place to stay uh, and, and we gave them smallpox <laughs> yeah no so that see no no they gotta leave that part out too see this idea and if you ask any of these schools you know or, you, or if you tell them that this is wrong they say no we're, we're doing it to honor you what do you mean you're doing it to honor us well, yeah, we we want to grab that that nobility. For one thing, we didn't have no nobility is like monarchy. I mean, nobility is class classism. So when they when they say, oh yeah, we the no, nobility of the warrior. Well, no, let, let's, that's that's you're making that up again. You know, just like the kings of the of the forest and the plain. We didn't have kings in the forest of the plain. We didn't have and we didn't have Cherokee princesses. Or, or any of that stuff. You make all that stuff up. You create this uh, this whole other story 
in your mother's fairy tale about what native people were in American history, and you make it sound like we're heroes. Well, you didn't treat us like heroes. No, you treated us like uh, like the rats that you brought with uh, with you when you came, something that needed to be exterminated and, and driven out. So you invent this whole other image, all these characteristics, so nobility, as I said, uh, courage, um, um, fierceness, you know, the, 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 this, these great work ethics and war. You didn't believe any of that stuff at the time, and you don't believe it about us now, but you make this stuff up about this image, and then, and so why would you do that? Because you want to claim those characteristics. You want to claim that nobility. You want to claim that that courage and the fearlessness and all. You want to claim those characteristics for yourself. So you pretend that that's how you view native people. So as you're calling yourself Indians and warriors and redskins and redmen, you're saying this is these are the characteristics of, of the warrior. Well, that's not how you viewed us. You viewed us as, as a pestilence that needed to be gotten rid of. So that's the erasure the erasure is you pretending that you have that like you've always had this long-standing you know favorable view of native people you didn't and you don't how do i know you don't because when i go to cambridge and i tell them it's wrong (laughs) yeah i'm not real popular out there i'm not running for mayor of cambridge anytime soon you know it's it is a tough this is a tough one when you go into a white community as a native person and you say, no, what you're doing here is wrong. If you, I, I, I posted this meme once. I said, if you think white people using na- native people for a mascot is racist, you should see what happens when you tell them that it's wrong. That's the only only worse than white people claiming to be Indians for a, a school mascot is the response when you tell them that that's inappropriate. That's when you see the real racism come out. So these are the kinds of things that, that you know, that they that they do they, they try to twist an arrow oh no this is we're, we're just trying to um we're, we're just trying to honor you so when you tell them no you don't honor us in fact many of the words that you're using redskin i mean that's a racial slur what <laughs> you folks in washington you know what i'm talking about there you, that that team finally dumped its name why because in this call for social justice in the wake of the george floyd murders and the brianna taylor murders finally some of the financial interests said to Washington, you got to change this. So, and I mean FedEx, and I mean, you know, some of the, the banks that are sponsoring these, uh, you know, these stadiums and these teams, um, Nike, Target, Amazon, Walmart, they, they all just said, yeah, you probably need to change this. I mean, it's a racial slur and the native people don't like it. You know, and of course, that, that's the other argument. They always say, oh, we did polling. We called up a, a whole bunch of people, and any of those people who claimed that they were Native people, self-identified, yeah, you know, Grandmother Cherokee Princess, 132nd, uh, you know, Navajo, or whatever they claimed to have been, we asked them, and, and yeah, they, they were fine with it. They didn't call up a Native territory. They never went to a Native territory to poll the average Native person living on a territory. No, just any any random American who claims that they were 132nd Cherokee or something, or, or like, and... Hey, look, we joke about the, the Cherokee princess thing, but you have no idea how many times a native person is confronted by somebody uh, who's, not, who's clearly not native that they're, that they're part Cherokee or they're part something. You know, uh, and half the time they don't even know 
They'll just say, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm part Native American. And you say, oh, yeah, really, where are you from? He goes, well, I don't know where my family's from, but uh, uh, my grandmother, my great-grandmother uh, said that uh, we were Cherokee. They, and they can't even give you a location where they're from. I mean, it's, it, it's just, you, these are what we call the pretendians, right? The, you know, the ones who just want to claim to be enough Native so when they speak on an issue like the mascot issue, they can claim to be speaking on behalf of Native people. And of course, it's not simply not true. But that's what we get. We, we hear, oh yeah, the Annenberg study, they did a, they did a poll where 90% of self-identified Native Americans claimed they were okay with the name. Self-identified. You know, and, and of course, look, if somebody comes up to me and says that they're Native, I'll take them at their word when they say it, but if you're going to press that issue and you're going to try to talk to me as one way to another, I'm going to ask you who's your family. I'm going to ask you where you're from. I'm going to ask you, you know, what is your, your cultural attachment? And here's the thing. The latest polls that NCAI and others had done um, were involved in, I think uh, uh, UC Berkeley was involved in a, in a poll. What they found is beyond the self-identification the more that a native person identified with their culture the stronger the opposition was to native mascots well that stands to reason because if you ask look if you ask even the the one who claims their grandmother's a cherokee princess if you so you think it's okay for white people to run around a football field in makeup even some of those will say yeah that's not that's not all right now that's not right in fact you know, some of the folks back in my old high school are saying, well, we don't do that. We, you know, we don't have um, a name like Redskins. Of course, they were all hanging on the fact that the Washington football team in the nation's capital had uh, had a native mascot. Once that's gone away, now they can say, yeah, that was a, probably a bad word, And uh, but we're not that. We just call ourselves the Indians. And again, I'll get into that a little bit more later. But what they'll say is, no, we don't do tomahawk chop anymore. We stopped doing that about five years ago. But you were fine with doing it up to about five years ago? Well, yeah, we don't dress somebody up and run them across the football field. We haven't done that for, you know, two or three seasons. So it's like they claim that they somehow become less racist because of, you know, how they display this stuff. I mean, I've seen entire football teams, even in Cambridge, that shave their heads in, into mohawk and, and put their – you know their uh, their shadow their their, uh, their their shadow on their eyes as war paint with other colors. I mean, look, there's been there's plenty of mockery, and that's the other thing. They say, "Oh, we're not mocking you. You know, we're honoring you." No, if you're not native, and you're dressing up as a native person, that's the definition of mockery. If you're calling yourselves Indians when you're not, if you're calling yourself that just for the purpose of of, of a mascot or school mascot. That's the definition of mockery. Now, look, when we, we the word mock and mockery doesn't always have a, a negative connotation. Look, sometimes schools they they hold mock elections, you know, to to see how the student body uh, uh, weighs in on presidential elections. You know, they're not they're not they're calling it a mock election, but they don't necessarily think you know, they're not saying it's a it's a negative thing. And so when we talk about mockery, the word mockery always seems to have more of a negative connotation to it. Because most of the time, it is negative. It, and what, what do mockeries, when you mock a people, what does it rely on? It relies on some monocultural, pan-Indian stereotype that white people hold towards Native people. 
and we're gonna and I'll, and I'll talk a little bit more about stereotypes because because here's the thing these are schools that are responsible for teaching children among the things that we do in these the social settings of schools is that we we look we we discourage bullying or prohibit it we 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 try to discourage discrimination and racism and all that other stuff but we promote a stereotype for a mascot that's like that is the antithesis of what schools are supposed to do to shape kids so we'll talk about that when we come back we are at the bottom of the hour so we'll take a break and we'll come back and we'll we'll talk more i got more to do on this and and i want you to have a full understanding on just what is at play and what is the argument that comes from the non-native side of this thing we'll we'll talk about it when, when we come back this is john kane and this is resistance radio all right so i'm talking about the mascot issue and and one of the things that that is clear that when you reduce a people down to an image or a single name oftentimes an inappropriate name and i'll get into that a little bit more but you the first thing you do is you reduce it down to a stereotype the whole idea of non-native people using a native image or or people for uh, for a mascot comes down to creating a stereotype and for the most part almost every school including the school that i went to cambridge school even though it's an you know in the east they all use that that plains indian headdress logo right you know with the with the full headdress and the whole bit well eventually some of them moved even you know even washington you know moved uh, to using you know something a little bit more woodlands i guess with the with the hair drawn back and feathers dangling from the hair but um many of the schools in the east now use the, what a, a stereotypical image for woodland indians but it's always this this time stamp like this is what an Indian is, not just what we were, because 40% of Americans don't even know that native people still exist. They think that is, an Indian is that thing of the past that doesn't exist anymore. And so the stereotype is that this is what all Indians are. And, and the words that we call them, that they're okay. So if you call a native person an Indian, yeah, that's just, that's just what we call them. Well, the problem is no, that's not what we're called. I mean, look, that label is a misnomer in the first place. So, you know, the, the school that I went to, Cambridge, the Cambridge Indians, they are basically promoting the same misnomer that Columbus cast upon us. So Columbus, when he met the native people in the Caribbean, for one thing, Columbus was a moron. He, he believed that the earth was half the size that it really was and that he could sail east or i'm sorry sail west and reach the um the east indies for one thing had he not run into the caribbean they would have all died because uh, you know but he he actually miscalculated the size of the planet because if the continent wasn't there they never would have made it to the south pacific i mean they would they they you can't carry enough provisions to sail that far you you have to you know you have to restock and all other stuff so so when he, when he hits the Caribbean islands, he believes he's reached the easternmost islands of, uh, of, of Indonesia. He doesn't think he reached India. So, I mean, that's the other thing, you know, people always say, well, yeah, India didn't even exist when Columbus was sailing. Well, it kind of did. It was a land, you know, white people called the land east of the Indus River. You know, they, white people called it India. Europeans did. Um, maybe the the folks who lived there didn't call it that i mean but uh that doesn't mean that white people are always making up labels for things so but they the, the europeans did refer to those islands of the south, that south pacific area 
as Indonesia and they called the, the East Indies. In fact, they they had they built companies, the East India Tea Company, they, they had in, the East Indies. They, they, they use that word all the time. So when Columbus makes it to um, to the Caribbean, he believes that he's reached the 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 most primitive and outermost islands of the of the East Indies. So he calls the native people Indians, Indios, Indians. And of course, it's wrong. And <laughs> but rather than ever correct that mistake, they actually referred to the the Caribbean as the West Indies, as if somehow, well, if they had East Indies and we're on another set of islands, we'll just call them Indies too. So they actually changed the name of, of uh, you know, the name of the islands. It's it's absurd. So it's a misnomer. And of course, Columbus, you know, basically ushered in the longest genocide that uh, that the world would ever know. Five hundred plus years. I would I argue we're still experiencing genocide today. But this begins with Columbus. You know, and, and you know this. And Columbus enslaved Native people. He, you know, he encouraged rape. He he was actually paying some of his his officers with little girls. Um, he was bringing little girls back to Spain as uh, as sex slaves. I mean, this is what Columbus was all about. So, this word Indians sticks, right? And you know, and and eventually they even put that in into our names. They said, you know, the Oneida Indian Nation, the Seneca Nation of Indians. You know, uh, so. But we know better now, so we we kick back on that. We don't look. I, I try to teach people the word that we use for native people, and I use the word native people, all, the words native people all the time, just to, to make it easy for people. But our word is ungwe ungwe, and it means real people, original people. And by original, it means that we're we're original to the land. It's there's a there's a component to our word ungwe ungwe that that ties us to the very land that we're on. That's that's the original nature of who we are. Um, so that's ongwe ongwe. You know, for, for me, uh, you know, most people know that I'm Mohawk, but the word that in our language is not Mohawk. It, that's, you know, that's even a bit of a slur. Um, it's it's Gunyagahaga, the people of the land of Flint. But see, these words get put upon us, and then we're, we're expected to accept it. The word Indians is not something that we accept. It's a, it's a misnomer. It is, and, and it's no longer used anymore. I mean, if you fill out any government form today, they're going to say Alaskan Native or Native American or something, you know, something like that. Pacific Islanders, perhaps. Um, but there's no place in a modern document that we are described as Indians or American Indians. It's Native American. It's indigenous people, you know. Um, and, you know, look, I I use Native because it's benign. It doesn't have any political connotation to it. And so when I say uh, I'm a Native person, people know what I'm talking about. Um, and, and if they want a deeper explanation, I'll use words in my language to describe it. And so they'll understand. But nobody calls us Indians anymore. And, in fact, the Cleveland baseball team, they dropped the name. Why? Because... Again, pressures uh, and, you know, part of that pressure is ceding to the social justice calls that I mentioned earlier. So the words they call us, redskins, that, as I mentioned earlier, that's that's tied to scalp bounties. You know, so all those raiders like like we are just, you know, that our the, the stereotype that it was created connects us to these words like we are these violent individuals, warriors. You know, they don't ever say we were farmers or that we were, you know, uh, peacemakers. As a Haudenosaunee, as, as a, a Gunyagahaga, peace was one of the things that we were made, uh, that we were famous for. 
Now, I mean, were atrocities committed against us and did we fight back? Sure. But to suggest that we are these the ultimate warriors, if we were the ultimate warriors you pro- proclaim us to be, do you think we would have been driven from our lands? So, I mean, again, the names, the images, the stereotypes are wrong. But And we know the stereotypes are wrong. We know that it's wrong to reduce people down to a stereotype. I mean, and, and we see it all the time. <laughs> you get some of these white schools who say, man, we need, to, we need a black family to move in so our football team and our basketball team will be better because that's the stereotype, right? I mean, and, and these stereotypes are wrong and they should be discouraged in schools. These are supposed to be institutions of learning. Nobody should be reduced to a stereotype or to a mascot. A mascot is dehumanizing, but the problem with stereotype is that they're inaccurate. And what they do is they teach generations of kids that this is what an Indian is, or a redskin, or a redman, or, or or just a native person. They they take that away, and they ignore the fact that we still exist, and they frame us as uh, as these relics of the past. So this is the challenge that we have. And so when when white people say, "Oh, we don't mean anything bad by it," you know. Um, it's not offensive because we don't mean it to be offensive. You know, or then they'll get into this, well, you know, you need to be stronger. You need to get over it. You need to, you know, stop being so soft. You know, and I, I make the argument, look, there's no weakness involved in our fight against this thing. In fact, we feel more empowered than ever. We feel stronger. And, and frankly, we're winning the battle. We've got the Washington football team to drop its name. The Cleveland baseball team. There are schools that have been dropping these names like flies. I mean, there's still almost 2,000 schools in the United States, but there was a lot more than that. Animals and native people were are are the most dominant, uh, or were the most dominant uh, mascot usages uh, for for all schools. And native mascots are are dropping and getting lower and lower all the time. I mean, we still battle a few in you know in 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 various areas in New York, in Virginia, different places. But we're making headway. Why? Because our arguments hold up. And the arguments that the other side makes, really the only thing that the other side can make, the, the pro-mask, is that they're complaining that they are having something taken from them. It's the same ones who, who you know, lamented this, this notion that their childhood was being taken away from them because they took Aunt Jemima off the pancake box or Uncle Ben off of the, the rice box, or the, the Indian maiden off of the Land of Lakes butter. They feel like that, that, that they're getting something taken from them. And it's worse with, with, with these alumnus who, who, you know, a lot of these guys are the guys who peaked in high school. They've never, you know, they just relive every, you know, every glorious moment, embellish them along the way that they had in high school. So when you take away... And look, if they were bears or lions or tigers, it wouldn't be the same. But when you tell them, no, you can't play Indian anymore, they, uh, these people lose their minds. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing the emotional response that you get from these, again, produ- pr- primarily white people, when you tell them that you know, what, what you're doing is wrong. And, and if you dare use the, wor- the R word, and I don't mean redskin, I mean racist, then they lose. In fact, native mascots are generally 
referred to as race-based mascots. But I got to tell you, white people lose their minds when you say, when you say, yeah, you guys got to stop the use of a race-based mascot. Oh, it's not a race-based mascot. I've literally had white people argue that referring to Indians as a race-based mascot is is wrong. I, and I don't know if they're if they're claiming that we don't represent a, a race. Or a distinct people. Look, and we can get into race theory. I mean, I, I have a problem with you know, the whole concept of race in the first place. But there's no question that we are a distinct ethnicity. And if you're if you're white people, and you're going to claim the uh, you know the uh, the identity of another people that that you aren't, and another people who can be certainly the forms all say Native American uh, in the race box. So if you're going to claim to be the identity of another people, <laughs> then what you're doing is you're adopting a race-based mascot. I mean, that's another one of the arguments we have. And we're constantly, we go back and forth with this. It's like you can't even admit that you're appropriating another people as your identity. I mean, and so they struggle with it. And, and of course, you know, white people lose their mind the second you bring up the word race or racism. Now, and I'm not suggesting that anybody who who likes using a native mascot is a racist. But what I'm saying is, it is a racist practice. It is, is, it is a practice that is deeply connected to white privilege. You know, I, again, another meme I posted, I said, look, white supremacy was behind the genocide of native people. White privilege is behind the appropriation of our images for mascots. And white fragility, that's what you see when you tell them when you start to take it away. You start seeing white people lose their mind. And it's funny because they'll call those of us who are fighting against the mascots the ones who are too sensitive. That were, that were, snowflakes. I mean, snowflakes. I was just going to go there. Yeah. We get called snowflakes. White people call native people snowflakes because we, we say, no, we're not going to stand for this. And, and yet they're the ones. <laughs> I mean, somebody actually argued with me. They said, well, snowflakes isn't just for white people. I'm sorry, they're delicate and they're white. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, think, I think calling people of color snowflakes doesn't quite work the same way. Um, you know, of course, the amount of contamination that you've done to our, to our lands, maybe those snowflakes aren't as white as they used to be. I don't know. But, <laughs> but anyway, uh, no, this, so we, we get called weak. And yet they are the ones who are just losing their minds. I mean, it, it is really kind of amazing. And you know, look, I know people like like my friend Donna, who's called into the show so many times, who who've literally been threatened. I mean, I've been threatened. I mean, I've you know with, with I mean, I've been physically threatened uh, when I was advocating for the change in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And you know, I've had many people say, "Oh, you better be careful when you go out to your old hometown in Cambridge." You know, I wouldn't travel alone. I said, "Well, look, I'll I'll, I'll take my risk. I'll take my chances," but. Look, I know how how adamant. I, one guy stood up at a board meeting in Cambridge and said that there are people willing to die for that mascot. I said, "Are you crazy? Do you hear the words coming out of your mouth?" I mean, and and of course, you also get some of these guys who get so adamant about this that they say, "Well, if the school board votes this down, we're not going to pass a school budget." So you would you'd be willing to sacrifice your children's education? Over the mascot, you place a higher value on the on this silly name than on the education of your children, and it's true. I, you know, I've I've listened to people that I've seen in schools 
where and in fact this is happening in, in Cambridge, where they're they're trying to run two school board members in the next election whose platform is to is to overturn the uh, the removal of the mascot because they know what's happening. They know it's going to come. I mean, because that's the other thing. It's unsustainable. There there will be a day that there will be no more mascots, uh, native mascots in in high schools. I mean, look, there, there's states have been you know prohibiting them. There have been townships and school you know school districts. Um, there is it, it's entirely possible that the federal government will will create some sort of you know, test or, or prohibition, they're going away. I mean, it's, it's a shame that, that people just can't be responsible enough to say, yeah, we probably shouldn't be calling ourselves another people. We probably shouldn't use a people, especially the most marginalized people in the United States. We probably shouldn't, um, you know, we, we probably shouldn't be using those people for our, for our mascot, but you know, until you force them and, you know, look, if you make this appeal and, and you, you debate this in front of a school board, School boards get it because usually the people who who are responsible enough in a community to run to be a school board uh, member, look, uh, they understand that their responsibility is to the kids. It's not to the alumni. It's not to the to the people who are still clinging on to their you know their class rings and their trophy cases cases at home, polish them up every weekend, you know, or whatever. I mean, who, who still want to wear the football jersey that's been, you know, that's pretty much tattered to rags by now. I mean, no, their responsibility isn't to any of those folks. It's to the kids. In fact, it's to the kids who aren't even in their school yet. That's who they're responsible to. And it's to those kids that they should say, yeah, we can't promote stereotypes. That's that's not fair. You know, and, and I've said this before. I, the pe- the people that I have to confront on any number of issues, whether it's environmental issues like what Regan's you know doing with, with line three or uh, whether it's the, the mascot issue whether it's a tax issue or a gaming issue the people that I have to have to debate and argue with were the very they, they were kids in school at one time they're the ones who were taught that Indians were a period of American history that came and went they were the ones who were taught that that Indians was a stereotype they don't know anything about us I mean, we could we could have grown up next to each other. We could be next door neighbors, and they wouldn't know a thing about me culturally. So the ignorance that I have to confront with any of these debates over any social justice issue related to Native people, the first thing that I have to overcome is the ignorance that they that they got out of their school. Now, I'm not suggesting that every school has to rewrite their history curriculum and concentrate solely on native issues. In fact, I think that's a mistake. But there is something to be said for a school that, is, that has used a native mascot for 70, 80, or 100 years and has never bothered to have any education about the native people that they're claiming you know, as their mascot and or as their identity. But the fix isn't to, isn't to teach that history now because if you teach that history, if you teach the true history, you're going to come to the conclusion, like, why the hell would we want to use these people for our for our mascot? After what we did to them, now we want to take their identity too? Yes, that's exactly what that's exactly what it is. And we and we want to use words that that aren't even appropriate, like redskin or Indians. Yeah, that's exactly what you're doing. See, if you teach that, then it becomes even more shameful. Now, but and I'm not suggesting that 
they should teach native history to justify keeping a, a mascot. Because look, if you're only teaching native history so you can keep your native mascot, what history are you really gonna teach? Are you gonna teach the truth? Or are you gonna teach about happy little pilgrims and happy little Indians? That's what you're gonna teach. You're gonna continue to say, oh yeah, native people taught us to you know, plant corn. I mean, that same image of Squanto throwing a, a, a fish at the, at the bottom of a corn stalk because, because apparently Europeans didn't know anything about fertilizer, I guess. Uh, but, but no, th- this is the stuff that, you know, that, that, that gets taught. They never teach kids the atrocities. They never teach that a week before Abraham Lincoln you know, stands up and announces the Emancipation Proclamation that 38 Dakota were hung by the neck in a mass of gallows in Mankato, Minnesota. Boy, Minnesota keeps coming up all the time, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, Mankato, Minnesota. Lincoln signs the execution order. So the great emancipator, eh, kind of the great executioner as far as Native people are concerned. But they don't teach that in history. Because if you teach the truth, you've got to own some of the some of the atrocities the United States committed. And not just the Native people. The atrocities they committed against immigrants who came in. And now the biggest fear of immigration isn't what comes from Europe, you know, or, or, or even China. Yeah, or the way it had been in the past. Now it's the indigenous people who used to migrate for thousands and thousands of years. They're being called and labeled the immigrants, the unwanted immigrants. They're being labeled the same thing that native people were, were labeled when white people came here in the first place, the undesirables. So the mascot issue is something that I, that I feel strongly about because look, it's, it, it connects to other things. I mean, the objectification of native people eventually becomes the object, objectification of native women, missing and murdered indigenous women. There's a, there's a connection between this whole mascot issue and this, this romanticizing. I mean, every, every time somebody says that their part, that, that their, you know, their grandmother was a Cherokee princess, what are they saying? What they're saying is their, their great grandfather took a native woman took and 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 so that's what they're saying so this whole idea disney with the with the pocahontas and and great big little demure pocahontas with the high leg showing and the shoulder showing and and captain john smith this burly you know adonis looking you know cut chiseled white man you know being romantically involved that never happened but that's what Disney, this whole idea of this masculinity and this powerful masculinity and this Indian maiden from the Land of Lakes butter box. I mean, this whole notion that Hollywood has created, that's what's, that's what, that's what's behind all this stuff. So masketry doesn't just end with the objectification of Native men, but it also ends up in, with the object, objectification of Native women and our children. You know, I, I've talked about, you know, the, the folks in, um, I think it was Great Falls that were dumping their beer on kids at a hockey game that were sitting beneath them. This, is, this, is, this still exists today. So that's why I'm passionate about this, because you can't confront many of the issues that Native people address without stopping the stereotypical images that are being ingrained into, into generations of white folks. We got to stop it someplace. 
So, look, um, next week, um, again, I hope uh, Regan will be back. I may also uh, try to have a, a guest join us who's involved with a, um, a film project, a new documentary called The Bears of on Pine Ridge. And it's, uh, it's the work that two Native women were doing to end uh, the youth suicide problem in Pine Ridge and a documentary that was produced uh, about their work. So I'm hoping to get, uh, get somebody from The Bears on Pine Ridge to join us as well. So that's what we'll try to do for next week. Look, I want to thank uh, thank you for for indulging me as I once again go through this this mascot issue, and I look forward to to Regan joining us next week. Uh, this is John Kane. This is Resistance Radio. Yahweh.